just to hammer it again, such an important point that you're doing radio, you're doing playlist promotion, you're, you're doing all of the uh, some a PR, but you're not really expecting that to drive sales. You're expecting that to help build brand, create social proof. I do think it's a very important part of brand building, but it's not where your sales are going to come from. Your sales are going to come from the direct response marketing that really comes from your mailing list and and to a lesser extent, social media. But um, it's important to say that every band is in a different place. And like it would make no sense for a band with an email list of 20 people who can't perform live and even print, sell 20 tickets to go and spend $10,000 on radio and publicity and probably even streaming promotion and all of these these other things because your brand isn't developed to the point where it can use that infusion of, of cash into its growth. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be laying out a complete album release blueprint or album release schedule that you can apply to your upcoming album releases. Because whenever you release an album, there are a lot of things to consider. There are lead times. There are assets that need gathering. Um, and there, there are just a lot of different components that work together in tandem and it can be daunting it can be confusing you can very easily find yourself behind schedule or out of step with the most effective order in which you need to do things so we've laid everything out in one concise blueprint for you guys to follow and we're going to be talking about each one of those steps to help me with this is josh solomon from the empty pockets now he was on a, a recent previous episode where we talked about building funnels for your music he sat in on a number of uh, music marketing manifesto podcasts over the last few years uh, josh is a, a guy that came to me a number of years ago when he bought a previous version of one of my programs, Music Marketing Manifesto, my flagship program, uh, and then hired me for a brief consulting session. And we chatted and these the, the all the right light bulbs went off. Josh really connected with these uh, strategies and he has just done exceptionally well with them. He's become a marketing expert in his own right. Using these strategies, him and his band, The Empty Pockets, have generated now more than $750,000 in revenue and online sales using these strategies. Uh, and he, he just, he not only does he really know his stuff, but he's just a lot of fun to talk to. We have a great rapport and these uh, conversations uh are just always a lot more fun. And so after the last episode, I asked Josh if, you know, what he thought about sitting in on some more episodes and we basically hatched a plan together. So Josh has got an uh, album release coming up in about six months uh, from now as of this recording. And he's got a lot of work to do as he prepares for that uh, release. So basically the two of us are going to work together here on these podcasts and, and we're going to, um, 
walk you through each one of these major steps that Josh has to go through as he preps for this release. So everything from the the schedule or the blueprint, which is what we're going to be talking about today, to things like setting up Facebook ads or uh, streaming promotion or radio, you know, each one of these major uh, stepping stones along the way towards that album release is going to become the, the topic of an upcoming uh, music Marketing Manifesto podcast, or so is the plan. In addition to that, we're going to take the results we get as, as Josh accomplishes each one of these sort of milestones along the way, and not only are we going to show you how we do some of these things, but we're also going to share um, some, some um, resources and actual results with real-time case studies in the Insider Circle. That's my private mastermind group. Uh, if you're not uh, already a part of it, you can learn more about the Insider circle and sign up by going to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash insider circle or just go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and from the drop down there under products and services you'll find a link Basically, it's a private mastermind community of mine. It's been around for more than a decade now. Uh, We hold weekly coaching calls. Uh, We have a uh, mastermind forum and we have monthly training modules. So at least for... um, a number of the upcoming months, we're going to have some really cool stuff as we have these case studies that come about as a result of these podcasts. So everyone gets access to the podcast. And then again, we're going to take uh, the the various topics, we're going to implement our strategies, and we're going to share those results with you. If you'd like to see those, uh, check out the Insider Circle. Regardless, we've got a ton of really cool stuff coming up here on the podcast, so be sure to stay tuned. But as mentioned, this week we're going to be talking about uh, the actual blueprint, the plan, because before you even get started, you need to map things out. Every business needs a business plan, and musicians are no different, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. All of those different uh, assets that we need to get together, and then we're going to be talking about the actual release schedule. So, Um, That's what we're going to do. Josh is going to help me with that. Uh, I'm going to take a brief break, uh, gather my notes, and when we return, we'll be speaking with Josh Solomon from The Empty Pockets about his album release blueprint. All right, back in a sec. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast. All right, on the line with me is Josh Solomon from The Empty Pockets. Josh, how are you doing? Hey, John, good to talk to you as always. Indeed, indeed. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think I think the I think we've got a really cool series here. I think we're going to have some great uh, episodes coming at people. I should add a lot more frequently, which is something I've never really been good at. I've never kept to any kind of a schedule, but uh, we this should keep us busy for some time because, as I said in the intro, you've got an album coming out. Uh, correct. Yeah, I'm really excited about a few uh, a few things coming together here. I think we made a really good album. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm-hmm. I wrote. I've been writing up a storm, and we show. I've never gotten to choose tunes as opposed to just desperately find enough material to make an album. Sure. Um, this time we chose 11 out of about 40, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to do these podcasts with you. And keep myself really honest and not in a bathroom sort of way, but really regular as well, you know, so we can (laughs) can keep keep doing work and 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 keep it. um, I always had fun talking with you. So keep it fun. 
sure. and uh, what I made for you to start was uh, I didn't think it actually would be this many, but I started writing it down, right. and I came up with eighteen points that I think every indie artist should at least some of them I think like everyone should do some of these points, sure, and sure. some of them like you should at least consider and then give yourself a thoughtful you know yes or no. Yeah, I think I think it's really important. A lot of people kind of just stumble their way into the release of an album. They just kind of, you know, do the things they need to do with without really thinking about how or why or when they're even doing it. Usually when somebody comes to me and they want to hire me to help them, you know, you sort of are slapping yourself. It's always the, too late. It's Isn't too it late. Already, it's, it's always too late. They've all <laughs> they've already done half of the things you would have told them not to do and you're working around it or they you know, they've done things and not given enough time for that valuable setup. You know, sometimes it's or you like, get that artist that says, I really need your help. It's uh, today is March 21st. <laughs> I'm releasing an album on April 5th. That I really happens. need your help. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, how big's your list? Oh, just like 20 people. OK, so <laughs> okay. so <laughs> so we'll sell two albums. That'll be really good. We need a time machine. We need to go back in time. We need to build your audience and then we need to release albums. So there's a, there are a lot of things to think about before you even start. And and there's a lot of interesting discussion to be had around each one of those points. So I think it is really important that every artist put together, even if it's a, just a simple checklist, you know, businesses put together business plans. We need business plans of our own. And that's where this music marketing blueprint comes in. Now, as we'll talk about there is no true one-size-fits-all plan. Everybody's a little bit different, and you may have some specifics that relate to you and your music and your genre. But this is I'm pretty confident that this is going to be a pretty solid uh, blueprint that everyone can follow. Now, I'm going to take everything we turn about, uh, turn about, everything we talk about, and I'm going to turn it into a, a sort of PDF checklist, and I'm going to give that to Insider Circle members. So we're going to be covering everything here, and you you know, there's no information pulled out. Uh, I definitely never want to create that situation. Like if you want the real information um, for the that, answer you know, to the question, yeah, we're definitely not doing that. But I'm going to create additional resources, and in the future, Josh will be creating specific case study where he shares results of some of these experiments that we talk about here on on the show inside of the insider circle. And again, just, you know, to sign up for that, uh, just go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and click on insider circle in the products and services drop down. It's a really cool community. It's got a forum, uh, weekly coaching calls and monthly training lessons. And so there's going to be some really cool stuff related to these podcast episodes with Josh. And again, as it pertains to this one, I'll be creating um, a detailed PDF checklist that can really help you. You know, you can print it up, pin it on your wall, do whatever you need to so you can visualize each one of these steps. But again, it is important to know that you may choose to omit certain steps. And we're going to be talking about why or why not you might choose to omit some of those steps um, as well as we proceed. So this is a lot to cover. It's kind of it's kind of difficult. Um, we were discovering as we sat down to formulate the plan for the podcast to take so much information and to turn it into something concise that people can kind of follow. But I think if we just approach this logically and say, okay, you've got this album you're excited about, you, you want to put it out in a few months time, where do we start? So let's talk about the specifics of your album. It's called what, and it's what genre and it's coming out when, you know, we're, we're so recording this, this and uh, I should, I we're recording this on March 22nd. It'll probably be another week or so before it comes out. So late March, 2022 or early April 22, uh, when it's, um, 
2022 when it's uh, released. But when is the album actually coming out? So we're, our album's called The Outside Spectrum. It's, uh, I would call it Americana, or blues, or folk, rock, mm-hmm. a combination of those things. And I want to release the physical CD, the full album, uh, streaming and physical, on August 12th. So we've got more than six months, six and a half months. we got so. some time, but I also want to release a single uh, before then on June 3rd. Like August. Okay, so, so that, about about two June's two months. June's my two first months. release, mm-hmm. and then August is my release after that. And um, we'll get to all the details, but I'm doing some things we've never done before, causing me to need even more time than we usually need. Right. Well, let's talk and, about uh, that uh, even uh, as a starting off point. Set up time. And sorry, I'm going to keep jumping on top of you throughout this right. just to keep us on 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 track. That's going to be my job in this. But let's talk about setup time because I get that question a lot. Like, how, you know, how much setup time does an artist need, in your opinion? Well, ever I've been talking. I've never dealt really much with PR and radio people, and we're we're hiring some PR. It's one of the one of the points I have on my my list here. Mm-hmm. And they all need eight weeks across the board. Gotcha. They, they want at eight weeks for any type of release, single or album. So that puts me, you know, if I get, I, I it sounds like I have my PR company on board April first. That basically means the first time I can, if I'm going to get my full. If I'm going to get my full money's worth out of them, um, June 3rd is really the earliest I can release because releases when you're dealing with like Spotify official music industry stuff are on Fridays. Sure. Uh, So Friday, June 3rd becomes our release. And I'm also doing a relatively expensive, do you know the MPE blast? No. It's this like industry blast. I think it's like $500. And it, it digitally delivers securely and then and for download to various groups of like gatekeepers. Gotcha. You know, uh, program directors. There, there's some in the PR field, but we're mostly doing it with our radio format, AAA radio. Right, right. So, so this is like our we're going for it. Like I, I, I was all e-commerce all the time for five releases in a row. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that went really well. That's all your stuff. That's all MMM based philosophy. And sure. now I'm com- trying to, I'm attempting to combine the two. Yeah. You're trying you know, to take to, the brand to the next level. Exactly. Yeah. So that actually, you know, to me, you start, even though we've already sort of started to me, you start with goals mm-hmm. like, and you know, maybe you're not going to do radio. Maybe you're not going to do PR or whatever. Maybe you're not going to, you, you are or won't, but everyone, I think, who releases an album should start with goals. And I think those goals, one of my goals is be happy, feel good about the album. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds dumb, but part no, of it I love is that. Learned, I learned over the years, like, don't let somebody push you into something, a way of marketing, a way of pitching it that doesn't make it, that doesn't feel right to you. It's not worth it. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, feel good about it. That's my first goal. And then I want to, I want this to be our sixth consecutive album charting in Billboard. Mm-hmm. And to do that, we're going to have to bare minimum move a thousand physical copies for the first week. Gotcha. A thousand copies. Okay. Sorry. I'm just mentally making notes as we go. Okay. So six months to go. Your goal, in addition to being happy and feeling good about things, is to sell at least a thousand copies in the first week. And what charts are you going for? We're going to go for the Americana folk album sales chart. Mm-hmm. Though these people, the Billboard people, the Sound Exchange people, like you don't get to choose your genre; sure, they sure. choose your genre. Sure. So I don't know. Like I'd love it if they put it in blues. We would crush. Uh, it's very bluesy, 
but I don't think they will. Right. Um, and where are they? Think, where are they pulling this from? Are they physically like listening to the album and deciding? Yeah, it, it when you when you actually chart, I I am pretty sure it's actually being um, listened to. Gotcha. And placed. Gotcha. I think, but you 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 do fill some stuff out. Uh, I. I, the other tracks I want to go for are Heat Seekers, mm-hmm. which is like a upcome. It's a you know sort of breaking and entering chart. Yeah, and then independent how, albums. How do you go for Heat Seekers when you've been on Heat Seekers before? You're not really a, a newbie to the charts, so is so it- the the main album sales chart for Billboard, the biggest one, mm-hmm. right? The two biggest Billboard charts are the Billboard 200 mm-hmm. and the Hot 100. Mm-hmm. And the High 100 is, right, a singles chart that combines every piece of data that Billboard and SoundScan can find. Sure. The the Billboard 200 is an albums chart of the 200 best-selling albums with very few um, disqualifiers. Sure. Right? As opposed to, like, the blues chart, which everything that's not blues is disqualified from that chart. Right. Or the independent albums chart. Every major label thing is disqualified from that chart. So, th- so the... The Billboard 200, you have current albums, you have recurrent albums. You know, when Michael Jackson died, I think like six of his albums hit the Billboard 200. Sure, sure. Um, the, usually number 200 is right around four or 5,000 copies. To, to, make the, to make number 200. Yeah, to make number 200. And then it stays at 5,000 for like 100 spots. Gotcha. You know, like right around there. And gotcha. then these days, the top 10 in Billboard is in the like, you know, number one could be quarter million or it could be 50,000 yeah, on any sure. given week. Sure. And 50,000 almost always gets you in the top 10. Sure. Sure. And how much, how, how are they weighting things with sales versus, well, 200 is just sales, isn't it? It's hundred that incorporates streams. No, it's 200s incorporating streams oh, and is. those are album equivalents and that's 1500 streams. Got it. Got it. 1500 streams is, is one album Which is, sold. In our world, it's worth mentioning just how hilarious that is in some ways. <laughs> I know, you I know. know you, you know, like I get I, I get that they're trying to like sort of do it financially, mm-hmm. but that's just revealing how messed up the finances are of streaming against artists. Yeah. Because the amount of work I have to do to sell a physical CD is not insignificant. No. But 1,500 streams is not a small amount. No, you know? it's like, huge. I, I just think it's sort of funny because it's in one week. Yeah. You know, 1,500 streams per week is an album equivalent sale. Yeah. So on the Billboard 200, you are competing with these huge pop and hip hop and just like these huge mainstream albums that get millions of streams per week. And, and that adds up to album equivalent sales. Gotcha. So we've never broken into it. And to answer your question, uh, obviously this podcast is going to be really short because um, we're on goals, but I, I'm digging it is to answer your question specifically. And this is tough information to get. Like I've talked to the people at billboard. Um, you are disqualified from heat seekers. Once you are 100 or better, on the Billboard 200. Got it, got it. That's good to know. Yeah, I've never really been clear. I thought it was sort of if you had an album that had, um, you know, had any kind of significance around its release, then, <clears throat> you know, that was your shot. I, I didn't know you could No, that's the back. actual qualifier. And then there's a new chart, which we made once. It's like, a not that new, like five or six years old, mm-hmm. called Emerging Artists. Sure. And it's a overall chart. So it's not about one album or one single. It's about all your numbers combined. Right. And when we released our album Voices, which we sold for like, we were just going for charting. We were like, fuck it, sell for $5. Right. You have to sell it for at least 
$3.49 for it to count on the chart. Right. And we sold, we got to like 3,900 copies or something, which sure. is a lot for us. Sure. That got us number 19 on the emerging artists chart. And just for comparison, so that's 2017, Portugal the Man was number one on the chart that week. Mm-hmm. And now they're huge. Sure. You know, uh, that that's probably our best single chart position for anybody who really knows Billboard. Right, right. Okay. So that would be like a stretch goal okay. for me. Okay. So so again, sorry, I'm gonna just keep on trying to keep Great, us on some it. some kind of a track here. So your your goal is to sell a minimum of a thousand copies. Obviously you, you plan to sell a lot more than that in the long run, but your minimal goal is a thousand copies first week. Um, and got to be shipped the first week to count on this chart stuff we're talking about. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but, and going back to that, that lead time thing, because, um, you know, so you've got, you're going to, I don't know, well, we'll have to talk about like if you're bringing in playlist promoters or if you're doing any kind of playlist promotion yourself, but you've got PR, uh, you've got, uh, well, we haven't even touched on radio. Um, when when you say, so you need a six-month lead time and, you know, like a PR company has, what did you say, a two-month minimum lead time, how how in advance of the actual release are you hoping to see some of that stuff hitting? So the press, do you want it coming out week one or do you want it coming out a month in advance? You you mentioned, I don't remember if you mentioned in the call, but I know when we were chatting, um, at the very least, you mentioned uh, dropping a single several months before the release. Yeah. Talk about. So that's where I hope to get a lot of our press. If we're releasing our album August 12th. Mm-hmm. Right, so that towards the end of the summer, we're going to release our single at the beginning of the summer, and we're putting a lot of our energy into the in, in terms of press mm-hmm. in, in in that release. We're gotcha. trying to get an ex- we've never had an exclusive premiere, mm-hmm. um, you know. Especially, I mean, obviously, it would be great to get a big boy, you know, NPR, uh, Stereo, Gum, Consequence of Sound, the, the, those places. That's what we're going for, and trying trying to really drive some press. In, in and then through the summer. And we're actually touring through the summer as well. Mm-hmm. S- and through the spring and summer as well. So we want to, uh, actually, our, my next point after goals is schedule. Mm-hmm. And I think the schedule is huge. And sure. like you said, I build the whole thing around the release date. And you've got to work backwards. But what I end up always doing, because I'm very ambitious, is I always end up having to push that release date back as I continue to plan. Right. Um, so we've got, I, I have my master's due on the 29th of April so I can make all this happen on time. Mm-hmm. With, you know, it, it's, it's, it's important to remember it takes 30 plus days if you're not going to pay too much for it to make, get these CDs made too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to send these CDs out you know, for promotion and then we got to sign them uh, before we send them to customers as well because we're going to do all signed cds sure so with our schedule which is i think something that we could like like you said maybe put out a pdf on uh my biggest dates are single release june 3rd so i got i'm bringing my pr company on two months before that on april 1st and that's when i also need my album art and i need my final mixes so i can go to mastering and really get ready to like do this whole thing and then i'm i'm planning on uploading another big day is i'm planning on uploading to a distributor i'm using TuneCore, distro kids out there cd baby there's so many good ones sure and ordering my physical cds on may 2nd so that's like really the big timing stuff sure sure now 
sometimes depending on where an artist is at in their career you know we we specifically time the pr and and the playlist promotion and all of these things to uh, align with the actual release date you know because we don't want to spend our often very small amount of money on promotion until that album is actually available to buy um, but then of course there are other reasons why someone might want to work that single for several months before the actual album is released talk about your decision there so i want to put the single out on june 3rd and just give it like about a week i think it's gonna be 10 days on my schedule of mm-hmm. oxygen just just by itself mm-hmm. where our socials and our email and whatever power the the you know megaphone we've earned mm-hmm. uh over these past years promoting will drive to that single and then as soon as that is done seven to ten days i'm an open pre-sale mm-hmm. on, on my web store and th- so that's pretty early in the summer june 13th so we're going to give ourselves two full months of pre-sale where we're going to push everything at that point after that point sure. to that sales page sure. to that landing page sure and gosh there's just yeah you tell me at this point i don't want to am i jumping ahead if i start start randomly asking questions or is that is that no i mean i think i think it's all important and i think the problem what you're struggling with which i think every artist does is in looking at it so many of these things are interconnected yeah but let's move to um because i it's funny it's like it's almost like it's better to I want to interrupt I you. I want to ask one. I want to ask one question, and then you tell me if I'm if I'm if you want to circle back to this. If you know, I don't, uh, is just streaming and how that factors in. You know, again, there's a lot of people listening to this. Not everyone has gone through music marketing manifesto. Not everyone is sort of indoctrinated into um, our approach, which is to really you know understand the importance of sales and to build our list and sell to our list. Um, and, and of course, a lot of people uh, are are going to have streaming on their mind. What are your plans for streaming and how how is that going to factor in and what are you bringing in in terms of promotion there are you releasing the entire album to the streaming platforms just the singles staggering it how far in advance you know what's your plan there so i have a few streaming pieces for sure Mm -hmm. one is in in our schedule like i said we got this june 3rd single release date yeah so we will back up from there almost a month not quite we'll have to upload it to the distributor first Mm -hmm. then we have to wait a week and then the distributor and all the online stores will get it onto like that uh, purgatory thing where sure. it's like not available yet, but you can see it yeah. on like Spotify. Yeah. After that point, about a week later, we'll take the next month on our email list and our socials as well, and we'll do a Spotify pre-save campaign for mm-hmm. that first single. Mm-hmm. The other thing we'll do, and this is probably the smallest of our investments, is we I've tested six playlist companies Mm -hmm. over the past six you know probably three years or something like that four Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. and um they're all fine they all kind of do the same thing they don't get you any fans i don't (laughs) think they get you any fans yeah do they get you how many streams do you end up seeing as a uh, as a result it's it it depends exactly how much you pay for it yeah well have you you, have you worked out that figure like uh, x amount of dollars per x amount you know for per thousand streams i can and it's different and sometimes it's more and less efficient. Yeah. But let me work it out and let's share that with the insider circle. Cool. cool. I will figure that out because I just did three fresh ones like a couple of months ago. Right. And uh, I, I I could tell you about those those companies more about those companies as well. But w- it, I would say we're putting 
some effort into streaming is my personal strategy, but not a ton of effort into streaming. I definitely will do some playlist promotion just because there are certain gatekeepers and I'm going to direct it specifically at Spotify. It's just like my strategy. Sure. There are certain gatekeepers that just take Spotify really damn seriously. And yeah, I don't get true. it, but it is what it is. It's true. Um, and will you just be doing singles or will you do the entire release? When the release comes out, it will just be out on Spotify in the same moment that the CD is available. Right. And this is an interesting one. And I think we should talk about it. This is a different strategy than I would personally take. I would be releasing my singles um, and I would be staggering them one single and then a few months later, another single, a few months later, another single. Um, uh, so you can, you know, benefit from that sort of music discovery uh, with fresh content. But I would be pulling back uh, at least for a significant amount of time, the entire album so that I could really keep, you know, the incentive there for people to buy. And right. And I know this isn't something that you've done. Talk about why you you choose to release the yeah, entire. Yeah, I kind of get the logic. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I feel like one of the things I've learned is that almost everything good that happens for us, mm-hmm. and especially in terms of sales, is is uh, starts with us. Mm-hmm. As in, we send out a communication that creates some sales. Sure. You know, we we release a video, we send an email, we do a social media post, and. Uh, we're going to be spending, you know, we spend a lot of our energy and time and money like making people aware that a new release is out, the whole album is out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to stop somebody from listening to it. I do think the chances are on one end we lose, we may lose sales. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like the idea that all of our efforts putting towards like, hey, go listen to it. If you're going to put some effort into going to listen to it, Great. Wherever you want to do that. And I don't want to stop you for doing that. I want to like make that possible. Sure. But I'm not going to spend. So like we talked, we talked about in before my album is available for presale, which is going to be available for presale for two full months. Totally. You know, but they're not going to get it until the same day that they can get it in, in their pockets. Yes. But, but before we do that, we'll spend some of our capital sending people to Spotify. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm hmm. I don't, after that point, I won't be spending any of my capital sending people to right. Spotify. Right. It's like an interesting one. A, we might have to talk about this. link tree. Sure, sure. We might you have know, to like t- a, talk about okay. this more later because I'm not convinced that's the right approach. I just see the numbers so often with clients who like, who like, uh, you know, are doing well with their funnel Add the, I mean, you guys are different. You have a lot of catalog and you do some um, different types of funnels like free for shipping and handling where the impetus is on early purchases. So that does clearly offset it and clearly it works for you. But um, I do see the numbers where artists um, will, will quite often uh, be ticking along nicely with their funnel. They add the album to Spotify, the sales stop or, you know, not stop. They never stop, but they, they dry up considerably. They take it off of Spotify find the sales go back up to kind of where they were it is it is an interesting thing but anyway uh, that's its own its own podcast oh, I episode. Love that. Probably. i mean that's the ju- that's the juice right that's the juice right there right. that's great stuff but but um, okay so but- so I, I we still need to i am going to put this in order for people but i kind of want to i think visualize all the different pieces so right now we've got and we didn't even touch on 
recording, which will be in the blueprint. But needless to say, you need, you know, to spend time recording and mastering and getting the album ready for release. But I think most of the people here are, are, are already at that point. That's probably why they're listening to this. Again, we'll include this in the Insider Circle um, PDF. But uh, but I, I, I think with so much to cover, we probably don't want to spend time on that. But so we've got the album where there's going to be a PR campaign. There's going to be a uh, Spotify campaign. You're going to spend a little bit of money, not a major focus, but a little bit of money on playlist promotion. Um, you're going to be uh, getting the PR out there. You're going to be touring. So where you're going on the road, a couple, uh, presumably around the beginning of June, a couple of months before the actual release as well. Yeah, we got a ton of dates in April, May, June. We got some really good uh, soft ticket dates, meaning um, you know free shows, a couple in my area right. in July, and then we have a couple of good uh, local, very local and local-ish album release dates right after the album releases. Gotcha. So, I mean, we're lucky with touring, as I've said before, we do this bat thing where we back artists up and open for them. So we have some very strong tour dates that I didn't honestly have to do that much to set up. Right. You know, right. I just sort of said, sure. we say yes. Right. Um, you know, and I think touring is something that you actually said in a, maybe an ad like eight years ago, you know, if you can't tour, that's fine. You know, like you could still make a career. And I think that's one of the things on my list is touring. And it's one of the things that it's like you can do or not do. Oh, and I know yeah. That. Touring is fantastic. Everyone should do it if they can do it. But there's a lot of reasons why people can't or don't want to. And Indeed. and and so. So, yeah, it can be omitted and you can still make it work. But no, but touring, I mean, you, you'd know better than me. I mean, I still have diehard fans that that. I met at a show 20 years ago and there, you know, there's no, there's no replacement for make. I mean, you just can't scale it like you can on the internet, yeah, but there, yeah. there is no replacement from a, a magical tour night that, no. that, that you win some fans over. No, absolutely, uh, absolutely. It's slow. You know, it's one, it's literally one at a time when it comes to that. And what about radio? Where's radio going to factor into this? So radio it, is uh, it? for, for us, we, the problem with going to radio in general is it's very expensive and you have to be pretty clear with yourself about what your actual goals are and what's possible. Sure. Uh, we're going after our music happens to fit uh, a radio format called AAA. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the cool things about AAA is even though it is a format that's connected and has its own charts, many even big AAA stations truly make their own decisions still. And I'm sure everyone knows what we're talking about here. Musicians know AAA, but we're talking basically like adult contemporary kind of as the broad. So like adult contemporary meets um, meets Americana. Yeah, yeah meets, exactly. It's folk rock almost. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't call it easy listening, but sort of. Sure. Um, it'd be cooler than that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the way they present themselves. Chicago's XRT slogan is Chicago's finest rock, right, but it's really right. not a rock station. I mean, they, they use that slogan in like the early nineties, I think. Sure. Sure. Um, it's not too, late. not too electronic, not too aggressive, just kind of a comfortable, comfortable American sort of mainstream music. Yeah. Right. Adult album alternative or what the three A's yeah, stand yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Like that meets anything. Sure. So uh, one of the magic things about it, there are a lot of non-commercial stations like, um, you know, KEXP in Seattle and really cool commercial stations like, RWXRT here in Chicago or KFOG in San Francisco and they make their own choices. So, you know, on a hot AC station, on a, a, a mainstream station, on a hip hop station, on a country station, 
you have to be charting in order for the big stations to add you. Sure. A, even for a little station to add you. So there's this like catch 22 that really serves the labels, super serves the labels. Mm-hmm. You know, because it keeps anybody sort of independent out of this situation completely. Right. Because unless you're like completely invested, it's all or nothing. AAA doesn't work that way. Right. And uh, we're looking for champions mm-hmm. in market. Mm-hmm. You know, one or two spins, thank you very much, really appreciate it. But we're really looking for 10 to 12 spins in a market. We don't expect to be a hit on the charts, but we have some fans at AAA Radio already. We've spent some time visiting radio stations, which I'm sure you've done, mm-hmm. John, where you sometimes you bring a pizza, but you definitely bring an acoustic guitar, and sometimes they gather the staff around, and sometimes they're just in an office, and sometimes they're on the air, and you schmooze with the radio people, who are mostly like pretty cool people. Um, and so our goal, we're working with a great company uh, in AAA called MM Music, is mostly going to non-com, non-commercial, AAA stations. And we want to try to dominate non-com if we can and find some champions. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Gotcha. So, so that, that goes with the single and then into the album release and through the album release. So that's a, that's a specialty campaign and you're bringing in a promoter? Yeah, it's um, not considered a specialty campaign. They do specialty campaigns, but... That's like a big word in radio promotion. No, I know, but I, I thought that maybe I misunderstood you. I thought you weren't going for the entire market, but you were just going for some. No, of these. we're going for uh, a. Uh, we are going for a chart, which is whatever it's called. I, see. I don't know if they call it the NAC chart, but m- that's what they do. But my goal is to find champions. Got it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Your goal is to find champions, but you're but ultimately you're going to bring on a radio promo- promoter, and and their goal is to just break you nationally in, in, in the in the you know in triple a in triple a yeah. and to that end probably our biggest investment <clears throat> is somewhere between pr and we're going to showcase at the triple a conference in boulder colorado okay. where all the triple a promoters come together from all the stations and we have a half an hour set and we essentially had to pay for lunch at a hotel totally for all those totally. okay got it so again i think we're gonna. Uh, it's, it's all kind of becoming clearer to me as we talk. I think the way to communicate this is let's give. Let's give. If this was if this was a battle, let's let's break down the different types of artillery that we have, and then let's totally. tell everyone how how play. you're going to move that artillery onto the field. So so we've got uh, we've got the album, we've got some PR, we've got some radio, uh, we've got what else? We got some streaming promotion, um, and you've got we haven't touched on this, but you've got a very large existing mailing list because you've been at this hard for a number of years now so that's a massive asset probably would you say your biggest asset going into the release by by far in fact um as a more naive musician i would have thought pr and radio we're going to sell all these albums i'm not looking at pr and radio to sell a lot of copies of this so important to say Mm -hmm. that was a naive thing for me to think yeah um the the the, even if this we have to get a you got a lot of attention for that awareness to turn into interest and then desire and then action. Yeah, There's a lot yeah. that needs to happen to create that. So I, my radio and PR aspirations are to give me possibly the rest of my life of proof for my band. Well, you and, and I- you're building your brand. You're a very serious touring act and all of those things do get butts in seats. And there is that, 
you are after that 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 tipping point, you know, 10 years of doing this and suddenly you're a regional or national success. It, it can't not add up to a, that point of, right. you that, know, that crystallization what point. That's we're going for, mm-hmm. whereas the sales, I know where the sales are going to come yeah, from. And they're coming you from know, your the list. The sales right. are coming from my email list. Right. So how big is your mailing list? Talk about that going so, into this. You know, we have 170,000 names on the list. Wow. That's but, but, but we don't, I don't have those uploaded into MailChimp. Many, sure. MailChimp has a system that I take seriously because I have no other choice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a one through five star system. Right. And I have 38,000 five star contacts. Mm-hmm. And that's my real list. And they star that based on the amount of engagement with the emails? Yeah, and the quality of that email. A whole bunch. The MailChimp, you could actually look it up. MailChimp has like a whole bunch of shit going into their system. So I almost never even do anything with my one and two star, which is over 100, you know, 100,000, something along that lines. Right. So I currently, I'm looking at my MailChimp. There's 70,000 people in it. And the reason I don't even do anything with those one or two stars, because at this level, it if I'm not really sure about uh, sale, that's really good. Uh, if I keep them in the list too long, it's really expensive. Yeah, sure. You know, so I'm I'm trading a lot. Uh, I think my list is worth a couple thousand album sales. Yeah. So I think you know I w- was even feeling bad writing a thousand for my goal. We sold over a thousand copies of our live album, which is all songs that we had already released. Sure. Um, we sold more than two thousand copies of Tanglewood's week week of release. That's mostly on the strength of the list. Right. Uh, honestly, I really wish I had done a better job. I think everybody who has a big list does, like, making some decisions earlier in the process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, taking my list even more seriously, keeping it more organized and clean. Sure. And maybe, like, you know, you know me. I go so hard. And I think that scale isn't always great. Right. I wish I had thought of something harder, but it is the strength of our band. Right, right. Okay, so uh, yet another very, very important asset and something I, I wanted to say uh, a second ago, and you said is such a, just to hammer it again, such an important point that y- you're doing radio, you're doing playlist promotion, you're, you're doing all of the, uh, some a PR, but you're not really expecting that to drive sales. You're expecting that to help build brand, create social proof. I do think it's a very important part of brand building, but it's not where your sales are going to come from. Your sales are going to come from the direct response marketing that really comes from your mailing list and and to a lesser extent, social media. But um, it's important to say that every band is in a different place. And like it would make no sense for a band with an email list of 20 people who can't perform live and even print, sell 20 tickets to go and spend $10,000 on radio and publicity and probably even streaming promotion and all of these these other things because your brand isn't developed to the point where it can use that infusion of Yeah, honestly, of when I was talking growth. to the vendors, you know, we well, we have five albums in a row on Billboard. Like we're we're an act. You yeah, know, you never heard sure. of us, but we're still an act. But like we can sustain that without a vendor. And that was a big part of what they wanted to work with us for. Like yeah. they don't want to disappoint a client. Yeah. They don't want to I mean some of them might. But they don't, for the most part, I talk to a bunch of people. They don't want to take your money and run away. Yeah, Like, they mostly want to kind of say, no, I can't do anything for you guys. And it'll be a miserable, have you ever done PR, John? I have, I've done a ton of it. It's hard. And it's, 
a lot of no's, you know, like it's a lot of reach out. It's a lot of research and it's not that fun if it's everything's a no. You totally. know what I mean? Totally. So. But but again, just to hammer that, like it is important. There's a lot of people listening to this. They're putting out their first album. They don't have a big following. They don't have a, a, a presence locally as a live band. And they're thinking they need to do what everyone else has done and hire all these companies. Honestly, don't do it. Don't even give a shit about billboard like maybe don't even report it because it's just going to actually look bad like go and build that online like that fan base first you yeah, if you have if you have on your first set of recordings right digital mm-hmm. or physical or whatever that's the basis to me that's the bait if you're a fisherman yeah of, of catching your audience yeah exactly like it's not even about sales yet you know, to me, it's about catching that audience totally. and wh- whether that means email list, which I do think it does, but it could mean Instagram following, right? It could mean Patreon, whatever it is means to you. It, yeah. that, that first pe- those first pieces of music are, are, are you know, the yeah. means of which we're going to catch audience. To my mind, it's become it's become a, an artist with an audience, as you said, whether that's live or online or both, you know, build the mailing list, start start bringing bodies down to your local club. So you become a, we'll think of that as like a local success. At this point, none of that PR stuff matters. There's no story there, but then it starts to build. Then you start to get the tens of thousands of people on your mailing list and you are filling your local rooms. Then you can be touring and becoming a regional success. And, you know, and that's when some of this maybe specialty radio, limited PR, you know, regional PR starts to make sense. And then of course, um, when you try to make that, um, that leap to be become a national artist where you're touring across the country and you are going for radio. That's where really the radio and the, and the publicity starts to make sense. And even then, I, I mean, like Josh's band does very well. He's, he's being modest when he talks about, you know, no one's ever heard of them. They've got 170,000 people on their mailing list that have heard of them and a heck of a lot more. Um, but, but, uh, you know, and they fill seats, you know, he's selling 50 to a hundred seats in, a, uh, in, in markets all across the country. So they've built a really great business for themselves and only really kind of in the last few years has that it's at this point where that publicity and the radio start to really make sense. Um, you know, again, probably going back a couple of years realistically, but this is where that brand building starts to try to catapult you into the, the mainstream band that everyone has heard of, not just your 170,000 fans. Um, but okay. So going back to the artillery analogy, um, what, what else, um, what else is another major piece of this puzzle, uh, in in terms of we got touring, we got publicity. So honestly, I don't want to be a bummer because it sort of bums me out, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's really important. And I think like there's a certain shame gland that must be suppressed or dealt with in some way. Mm -hmm. And it's word of mouth. And what I'm talking about is really and actively and positively with your being and your soul half assing this. Don't even do it. It won't work. Mm -hmm. Encouraging your team. So your bass player and your Mm -hmm. drummer and whoever encouraging your VIPs, whatever that means to you in your world. And, and encouraging your family and friends to support you directly mm-hmm. by buying the thing and telling people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, are you talking outside of the email list or you mean as part of that? I'm, I mean like in life. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm outside oh, of the email list. And I think like at our level, you know, so I'm talking about 1,000, 2,000 copies, right? We're going to call that a success. Mm-hmm. So like an extra 50 copies is a big fucking deal. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? 5%. And it's not that fun, but part of me 
I, I remind myself of a couple things, and I want to hear your take on this too. One of the things I remind myself is like, you made this thing. Are you proud of it or not? You know what I mean? Like, I know it, sometimes it sucks because it's like you want to be really successful and you want people to come to you and be like, wow, I love your thing. But sometimes you just need to say to people in your life, I need your support here. Yeah. You know? And the other thing I'll say is most people, not all people, people disappoint you. Most people want to help you, mm -hmm. but they don't know how. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you need to tell them how. Over and over and over again. Uh, people, my people have heard me say this before. It's an old comedy analogy. I think it was Johnny Carson who said it. I'm not actually sure, but it was, you know, tell them what you, you're going to tell them, uh -oh. tell them, then Dude, tell them what you told them. It's <laughs> written down. It's one of my yeah. favorite things to remind myself about email communication. Totally. Tell them what you're going to say, say it. Tell them what you said. Yeah, you need to say it over and over and over and over again because the people who are paying attention that are going to respond, they've already responded and they're probably no longer getting your messages because you've removed them, you know, with tagging. Um, but the people who haven't responded, they're usually not paying very close attention. So you need to really clearly tell people over and over and over again. But going back to your 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 telling people in your real life thing, that is huge and. So often in my private consulting sessions where somebody's called me, it's that scenario we just talked about where they're already behind the eight ball. They, there's, you know, the album's out and they, or it's right. about to come out and they haven't done all the things that they should have done. And so quite often, and they don't have a following, you know, they don't have a mailing list or, or anything to sort of report and they're not touring. So, so often my advice is there's nothing. pick up the phone and call people. I, I did this, I've got to show you the documentary that I, I made years ago, um, but I have a documentary that's, that it was it's not it's off the market now but i am going to be releasing it to you've to, mentioned it before yeah I really it's, want to it's see really it. special um it's the thing i'm most proud of of all the creative work i've ever done if i had to leave one thing behind it would be it would be that documentary I mean, you your time in la right like it was it's me show. getting a record deal on tape so cool I, and before you know this is in 1999 you know before no before american idol before not before reality tv but kind of sorta you know like i think real world world existed so it was a really it was a it was a it was a home video camera with a rubber band holding it together that i borrowed from a neighbor and i was in the studio doing some demos for capital and and i thought well this would be an interesting time to start filming i had wanted to do a documentary on the sort of pathetic side the self, a self-deprecating look at trying to make it as a musician because i was so hard working and all my friends were hard working and we got so worked up about the littlest things that were never led to anything and yeah, i kind of wanted kind of wanted to capture that and so i was in the studio doing yet is my fourth or fifth demo deal for another record label and so I, 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 I borrowed the camera. I had another friend come down and start filming. And it just so happened that during this period, while cameras were rolling, the record labels called and said, hey, you're on the radio. Turn on the radio. And this bidding war happened. And we got the whole thing on film. And it ended up winning an award for best documentary at a at a older Yahoo film festival had a sort of uh, multimedia screening at um, Sundance and and uh, was Jeez. on MTV a couple of times. Um, and it was really, really cool. But anyway, the point is, this is email existed, but it wasn't really a thing yet. And without having any marketing knowledge or intuition for where I was going to go with all of this marketing stuff, I was really doing the same things that we do as email marketers, but on the telephone. And I, as a club promoter, I'd go out five, six nights a week. So that'll be relevant to touring artists who are always out there. And it was kind of my, my mission every night to walk on with as many phone numbers as I 
could of of everyone I met. You know, you meet people, you chat, you ask them about their themselves. They ask you about you. You talk about your art, and you say, "I'll tell you what. Give me your uh, phone number. I'll I'll call you and tell you when I'm performing." And I had, you know, about a thousand, it was a thousand plus phone numbers, which is a lot of phone numbers to call of just people living in Los Angeles. What's that? Days of phone calls. Yeah. And and I would spend four days or so calling all of these people at various events. I got to a point where I'd pay people to help me make the phone calls. But wherever it was important, I made every single phone call from 10 to 6 at night. And I called, you know, more than a thousand people, everyone on in my in my, you know, scribbled down Rolodex, um, so to speak. And I would get them, ask them to come to the shows. And wherever I could, I'd use an incentive like a, a discount list or a free list. And um, I would, get, you know, no one necessarily knew I had an unlimited list, but I and I never said I didn't. But the, the oh, and nobody asked the other person next to them at the club if you also have free tickets to this. <laughs> exactly. a filled club is a filled club. And I would have lines around the block when I when I did play. As a result, <laughs> my favorite John story. I love that. When I did a showcase for the labels, many of that record label execs couldn't get in. You know, it was crazy. But it was all from just picking up the phone, and nobody does this anymore they post on it social media be overstated yeah. it cannot be overstated uh, i get lazy and i you know i have my email list but like obviously and my family's on my email list but like it's better to send them their own email but it's even better to call yeah you know and yeah. i get lazy and i'll like copy and paste an email to a bunch of family and friends and it works like five percent of no, what it's still a good thing to do i do that as well but but that phone you know it's huge i mean i even think text personal text is better than email when it comes to like personal context if you have mm-hmm. that type of relationship mm-hmm. with that person mm-hmm. but i just think i get how did you get through that emotionally like do you just psychologically because that's where I actually I don't really have a hard time with it. Like, I'm proud of what I'm doing. And uh, no, I, I actually, in some ways, while it's easier to hit send on an email, I feel a little cheesier if that's what you're getting at, like sending out marketing me emails. Too. But, I, I but think picking there's something up, scary about the phone, but then no, it it's doesn't easy. scare me. It doesn't scare me calling people I know to say, hey, just sorry, doing a round of calls. Um, I got an album coming out. First week sales are hugely important. If you want to help me out and pick up a copy, it'd be greatly appreciated. Appreciated, no pressure. Um, just wanted. To, I'm just telling everyone that it's happened, and like right now is really crucial. Here's the, yeah. here's the link where you can Dude, do if, it. If, if your list is under ten thousand people, mm-hmm. this is probably the easiest way to make sales. Yeah, it, it, we're describing. It really is. But I mean, it's like very old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, and and we don't want to put too much emphasis on this because nobody's coming to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast to be told that they can call their friends. But you're right, and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be overlooked. <laughs> um, so okay, we're we've already spent a good deal of time, and I'm I'm watching the clock to make sure this doesn't turn into a three hour podcast episode, which That's is right. always the risk That's with right. you and me. Is there any other? key artillery that we're that we've left out there's artillery that i'm going to personally like we didn't talk that much about social media but it sort of just is what it is maybe quickly give me an oversense of all these outliers that that okay so here's some outliers Mm -hmm. i got paid advertising Mm -hmm. you go radio you go tv i'm gonna spend some money online and that's actually not an outlier that's massive that's a major thrust of this i guess i was really thinking of radio and the radio and TV part of it when I was talking about it as an outlier, but certainly right. on I've spent over five hundred thousand dollars advertising online. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I, I'm a believer in that. I'm I was picturing like local radio and TV ads that you could do. But a couple other outliers: uh, guerrilla marketing. Mm-hmm. 
So we're talking street teams, busking, performance art, publicity stunts. Mm-hmm. Do you do a lot of that? I have a note to myself of like we. I, Nate and I used to do busking all the times. I've I've sometimes said, should we hire street teams? I have a note to myself of basically like let's let it all burn. That's my that's my expression for mm-hmm. like let's not do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I would do a publicity stunt, you know, but I, I don't have a good idea for one. <laughs> I'm not against it. Right. Uh, <laughs> it was, but it's on your team. list, which is co- which yeah. is cool. Mm-hmm. And then another one, uh, which is category that's on my list that. I have some peers that have done really well with and I just never have and I wish I could have more time to get into it is, is placements and sync licensing. You know, even some indie bands, like, I don't know how they do it. They time a release and it's on a video game. And yeah, I'm like, sure. God, that's awesome. Sure. Um, we have a friend we're going to send the album to. You know, my honestly, my best sync licensing in my whole career is about 13 years ago, Erica responded to a very strange Craigslist ad, just sent our album <laughs> and they put seven songs onto Nickelodeon on five different shows. We made over $25,000. What? That was crazy. On Craigslist? Like, <laughs> Craigslist said, music for TV, in all caps, and right. then an address. It oh, was wow. just, it was like nine months later, we got a letter in the mail. And I was like, is this real? Oh my God. And we're on iCarly and Zoe 101 and Ariana wow. Grande's second show ever, Sam and Cat. Very That's crazy. Very weird. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to do it on purpose. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. So... No, I've been That's the same music licensing. I've had my share of, of placements, but I never have done it on purpose. It's just I don't know how you do it on purpose. I'd love to know, yeah. but I don't know how. And then another one I call miscellaneous servicing. So this is like um, if you want your if you chart a billboard uh, and you want the artwork to appear online or even in the magazine, if it's one of those charts that would print that, you need to send CDs to a certain person at Billboard. Um, there's a there's a bunch of those that I'll share with the insider circle. I can make a good list. Sure. Um, there's like five or six that are sort of no brainers. Everybody should just send their CD. Sure. One is Rovi, which is like they they populate all music and like they populate all. There's a couple of these little companies that populate like random yet important stuff. What do you mean? Uh, populate the random populate important as stuff. As in like you you submit your music to Rovi and then there's a you know, a summary of your band that comes up on like, you know, some app that might be populated by the database that Rovi and all music use. Right. Okay. You know, some of that, uh, sometimes there's like certain visuals on certain streaming players that are populated. The, the visuals get populated from there, not from your distributor. Um, so are we talking about like those databases, like all music and things like that? Yeah, all music is populated by Rovi. Got it, got it, okay. That's good to know. I've never actually known where all those things come from. Yeah, exactly. And, and like a, a label will just has a huge list and they send to all that stuff and right. nobody ever talks about it. Yeah. You know, basic stuff in this category like send our CDs to our manager, send CDs to the agent, send, you know, okay. send CDs to our, we have like a little VIP industry list. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm. I'm just. We again. I'm watching this clock, and I. We really need to get into the sort of basic scheduling because I think there's so many questions there. But we can't leave Facebook advertising as as just sort of a quick mention because it's it's massive. How do you pl- How do you use Facebook advertising? Um, so with a release, with a release. I'll use it in two different yeah. ways. The first way I'll do it is I am usually, and I'm going to build a new one in Toonpipe actually running a free CD funnel, which mm-hmm. is where you give away the CD for free and you charge six, seven or eight bucks or whatever to ship it and then you offer some upsells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 99.9% of traffic for me going into that is targeted 
Facebook traffic. Where and, I'm paying Facebook, there's enemy people. And you're doing the this in advance I, to build a hot audience for the release, correct? Well, I'm always doing that. I've yeah. been doing that for since I met you. But yeah. um, the reason it relates directly to the release is I'm going to put the pre-order in that funnel. As an upsell. As an upsell of got that it, funnel. Got it. So you'll take and an existing the, album and and you'll try to sell the upsell. And I, I presumably you have sort of a, a, a lateral funnel or a follow-up funnel for those that don't take the upsell where you try to close the sale of, of the upsells into, separately if they don't take Yeah, and it, as of right now, those will all go into my regular unbought people who will go into the designed. Got it email of every that you know that everybody else gets and the other go ahead no no so you kind of again just for clarity for everyone else you're kind of using two funnels initially a a free for shipping and handling funnel and then if people don't buy they go into something that people around here would know more as like a deep sale funnel like an mmm style funnel build a relationship and then ask them to buy a little bit later on yeah we do a lot of storytelling for our early email us members and then We'll do a ton of storytelling on this album in each track. Got it. I and saw that you just signed way, up for Tune Pipe today as well. Which I played is awesome. with it for like I played with it for like a half an hour, and the builder is excellent. It's a really plus. Cool. I got like halfway through, like yeah, pretty fast. It's awesome. Awesome. Um, the other way I'll use paid advertising is going to warm traffic. So I'll load. I'll re. I'll do it every so often. I'll reload my full email list into Facebook. I'll combine that with any other customer data I have, and all of the people that like our Facebook page. I'll create. A warm audience. I'll mm-hmm. try to exclude anybody who's bought the album from mm-hmm. whatever data I have that way, and then I'll do some advertising for that, you know. And I'll just fight, fight. I call it fight yeah. frequency. I've actually stopped know, excluding so. because I find that those per- customers come in and say nice things, which really helps with that social proof in which the comments. Helps to add, right? Then they can't comment. Uh, then they can't comment. Yeah, yeah, it, and that makes perfect sense too, in this case because we're going to get to frequency before we'll get to anything else. Right. So maybe excluding them doesn't make sense in that right. case. Well, and, that's, that's, that, and, that's how I'm going to use Facebook advertising. And just as, again, as an aside, a quick note, like what, what objective are you using on the retargeting these days after iOS 14? Are you using traffic? Are you using reach? What, what are you finding is working so for you? I'm not doing much right now, mm-hmm. but I, when the last time I was doing it, I was using um, traffic and I, ha- I haven't found much success yet reusing conversions yeah, but i actually no. was getting my funnel to work without it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with just traffic and i but then i can't run as many funnels as i usually as many sources as i usually do sure so i can sort of read between the lines and see what's working and what's not sure sure okay um yeah th- sometimes sometimes these days we, we depends on the size of your audience yours is probably big enough that it's it's not a factor but sometimes we end up going with reach because it's just the only way to get any any reach um well reach isn't even what they're calling it anymore engagement and then reach is a sub category but Anyway, um, but yeah, if certainly if you can if you can do conversions with a warm audience, all the better. If, if not, then you're stuck with traffic, and then if not, you're stuck with reach, kind of a thing. Anyway, I was just curious where you're at, but yeah, you'll you'll be you'll be you'll be ironing out a new plan in the coming weeks, no doubt. Um, but okay, so so you those are all the that's all the artillery. I think we've named it all. You know, we said that email is the is the my biggest weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my biggest gun. And I want to obviously continue to grow that and also nurture it. You know, you slam an email list with too many sales and people are going to stop listening to you. You got to tell stories to it and be add add a lot more value. So that's going to be a piece of my focus over the next couple of months. I'm not going to send a a ton of emails, but I'm going to try to, you know, 
tell really good stories totally. and add a lot of value without asking for a lot because I'm going to ask for a lot come this summer. Totally, totally. So, okay, so um, if an There's artist... Oh, if an artist doesn't have an existing list um, without spending too much time on it, what would your advice be? Don't release the album until you do or release it as a soft release? Like, what's your thoughts there for the people listening? My, my that I don't have a is, big list. This is your bait. Like mm -hmm. you, I, I think you got to use that piece to grow, to start growing a list. Yeah. I think that you can still, I think your release is about word of mouth that we talked about. Sure. It's about those phone calls. Sure. And if I you think don't you have the list. Yeah. If you don't, I'm talking, you don't have the list, right? I think obviously, obviously I definitely think you should ignore PR. I think you should ignore radio. Um, I think you should probably just ignore streaming in terms of putting energy into it. I'm not saying don't put it on streaming. I, I would say put just put it wherever you want. But there's, I think there's a lot to talk about in, within that. But I would say start getting used to using that album in some way, maybe a por portion of it free, digital. I like to do, I would even say just use that album as your free plus shipping funnel and start making that funnel right away. Yeah. But some people wouldn't want to do that, which I totally understand because it's like this new piece that you've made. But to me, it's like throw yourself a CD release party, get people excited, make your phone calls, and then start using that music to build a real audience, which is an email list to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of times, you know. What about you? Uh, well, I would I would do one of two things. I'd, I'd, and I'd probably be a little lazy and just take the single, give it away for free to build the list and build that list as quickly as I could into the first couple of thousand. And then I would drop the album you know just over a couple of months i don't want to spend i don't want to go out too far in advance i wouldn't worry about any kind of any other money on anything just build all the money into advertising to build the list yep. then i would drop the album i'd run them through an album release campaign um uh is you know if i could hopefully get a couple of thousand i'd do all the personal stuff that you talked about and i would only expect a modest return of a couple hundred sales um and but then i'd turn it into an evergreen you know deep sale funnel where i I was sort of selling it's no longer a time sensitive thing and I'm selling in real time. I dropped I dropped three of the singles uh, over a period of time to, to the streaming platforms and I'd yeah, prob yeah. probably try to monetize additionally with some kind of a membership site where I was pre-releasing content as I created it or or repurposing content, you know, some other some other right. aspect of what I was doing, creating a, a, a cool experience inside of a membership site and keeping the price low because I don't have a lot of content yet. But but I, and then I'd be I'd be focusing already. I'd be releasing album number one with an expectation, you know, of ha of being positioned for album number two, um, where right. I could do things in a much bigger way because I'd have the bigger audience and I'd be able to, you know, use I'd be able to use that return on my, you know, the the, the revenue I was generating to fuel the ads to fuel the list and you so know, forth. This, in this stage, that's just so tricky, you know, with social media because it's like it doesn't really matter the quality of social media content you're posting if you have no audience, Yeah, you know? Yeah, so it, it, it's not, or, or even the quality of emails you send, obviously, if you don't have anyone on your email list. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, however you can build it. I, I think that's a perfectly fine strategy. Using a single to, to build a list. I mean, that's classic MMM. Yeah. Build that list, release the album, because then you can drive some excitement to a group of people, and then continue to sell the album with an eye on 
Yeah, and, and some people would break it into two and turn it into an EP and sell the EP as a loss leader um, with an automated sort of deep sale style, MMM style funnel. And then when you had the list big enough, then complete the album and turn back to that same list, maybe with some kind of a steep discount because many of them have already bought it. But um, so that's another approach as well that I've seen some indie labels use. But OK, so again, I'm, I've got an eye on the clock. I, I'm trying to avoid turning this into two episodes, which we could easily do. Do you think, and, and I want to do a recap before we dive into it, but do you think we can um, go through a, a quick breakdown of the schedule in, say, 15 minutes or so? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So let me just recap and get everyone up to, to speed again, revisiting that artillery analogy. So here's Josh and his band, The Empty Pockets. They want to put out an album in about six months. Um, so they've, they've basically, he's, he's outlining a blueprint, a plan, and it sort of starts with those assets. What is going to drive this release? What is the artillery that we're going to use in this battle? And for Josh, and again, as we've said, it depends on where your brand is at. He's done a great job of building his brand right up to that sort of tipping point where the next step is to become a, a national, well, they're already a national act, but to become a, a recognized household name of sorts. They're at that, that precipice where that's the next step for their brand. So he's using a lot of tools that wouldn't necessarily make sense for a smaller artists. But what he's going to use to fuel that is going to be, um, you know, again, he's got the finished album. He's going to be driving traffic with Facebook ads uh, to not only grow uh, a, a new leads, new interest, but also to retarget and get in front of existing leads. He's going to be bringing in and that's going to fuel the majority of the sales. He's going to bring in some streaming promotion. He's going to bring in some uh publicity and he's going to bring in some radio promotion and he's also going to be out there touring so really hitting it on every front um the the main thrust of this campaign is going to start about with the first is going to start with the drop or the release of the first single which is going to be about two months before the release of the album the sole focus initially is to get as many pre-order sales as possible so that he can um chart that first week with a big chart position um which will then create even more of a story that he can use to go uh, and and book new dates, uh, go after more radio stations and, you know, grow the band from there. Is that an accurate um, bird's eye view of all how very all the different feats so. are? Okay. Very much so. In a perfect world, we actually have a great schedule in the UK starting in, in uh, October. So in a perfect world, uh, our PR company stays on board and they do the UK. We can bring that momentum and even trick the UK into thinking we're bigger than we really are. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that all works. And, and, but, but the, because of streaming, the way things work, the release will still be international. You're not going to stagger the release uh, to it's the gonna UK. It's going to be international. Yeah, yeah. And we'll like bring our, our CDs. We'll, we'll send them to the UK. I won't push that super hard because that doesn't count on billboard and stuff mm -hmm. for, for that, for that initial goal. Mm -hmm. But we absolutely, we ship a ton of stuff to Canada, the UK, Australia, we have some New Zealand fans. Cool. cool. Um, that's a lot of money, that shipping. They have to pay a lot of money to In, ship that. Indeed, indeed. Um, all right. So now, again, as concisely as possible, let's walk everyone through the schedule. What's the plan? Okay, you got six months. What do you do first? And walk us right up to the, to the end of your schedule. You've put together an actual blueprint that, again, I'm going to convert into a digestible PDF that everyone will get in the insider circle. Um, but, but walk us through it. 
So obviously we start recording. We, we took a couple months to do that. Mm -hmm. And then everybody gets that. Our final recordings were due. We began mixing, simple. And our final mixes were due. Now that's, based, that's sort of where the main promotion starts. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, the, basically the first month, which is like April 1st, coming right up, our PR firm's gonna start. Mm -hmm. And right around then, our album artwork is gonna be due. And Erica is working hard on finishing all that. Soon after, for us, this is kind of a little detail. Soon after all that happens, April happens to be our membership main renewal month because most of our memberships are by the year. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put a couple of tracks in our membership mm -hmm. and then we're going to sell our membership through the month of April with that saying, hey, there's tracks. Nobody's going to be able to hear these. People might uh, not know what you're talking about. You're talking about a password protected area of the site where there's special content for, for the super special fans. content. Yeah. It's sort of like a Patreon. We call it Epic. Um, and our our renewals for that come up in April. And so it's sort of symbiotic. And we'll sure. let we call. We'll, so anyway, that's the first thing that happened on my schedule. And then our, our masters are going to be due at mm -hmm. the end of the first month. Mm -hmm. Beginning of the second month. We'll give ourselves a couple days to listen to those masters, making sure we will have already given notes, obviously, but that's the final like, here we go. Yeah. We're going to beginning of the second month, we're going to order the physical CDs. So our work needs to be done. Our masters need to be done. And, and, and who do you how many do you order? We're going to order three thousand unwrapped CDs. It's the first time I've remembered to do that. I always am kicking myself <laughs> so and you can sign them so we can sign them and no radio at all the physical um extra servicing that we're going to do mm -hmm. to radio to PR none of them want it wrapped so I always end up unwrapping thousands of CDs sure uh, so we're going to order 3,000 unwrapped we're going to sign 2,000 of them and I'm going to use that as urgency the whole time sure we'll get, we're, the first 2,000 people are getting signed CDs got it it takes a long time to sign 2,000 CDs. It does. And then we're going to probably order another 2,000 wrapped because we do have so many tour dates. And some of our dates, like in the UK, for instance, are 1,000 people a night. We're going to move some CDs. I'm very excited. Absolutely. Um, okay, so that's the beginning of the second month. We, we And then I'm going to go to a distributor. Lots of good distributors out there. I'm going to go to TuneCore. Mm -hmm. All my other stuff's on TuneCore. Sure. Uh, when you get to... The bigger you are, the better on TuneCore because it's if they don't charge you a percentage, if everything costs like a yearly cost. Mm -hmm. So the more you sell, the more you make by percentage. We might be right on the cost for maybe even TuneCore is more expensive for us than elsewhere it would be. Right. But it is what it is. Got it. Um, right after that, and, and so, the, so this is a, the first half of the second month of our promotion, we're going to start a Spotify pre-save campaign. And basically, like, I'm going to start it as soon as I can. I need to wait until TuneCore gives the music to Spotify and Spotify puts it up, mm -hmm. right? So that's next on my list. After the Spotify pre-save campaign, that, th this is social media doing that, emails doing that, word of mouth doing that. I'll make phone calls for that. Hey, mm -hmm. go on your Spotify and save it for me. Yeah. The reason that's so important is um, the Spotify's, I've done a, lot, a, little, a ton of Spotify research and talked to a bunch of people. And, and from what I've found out, the ratio of listens to saves mm -hmm. is what gets you on most of their algorithmic playlists, sure. like Discover Weekly. And so... A pre-save counts as a save, so it's really good for your ratio. Sure. Um, so that's a big part of our promotion. Then we release the album on June third. And how far? How far? How long of a pre-save campaign was that? Did you say it's going to be about a month? Got it. A uh, little less than a month, but as long as I can do it. 
because it's basically like the masters come in, right? And then as soon as I'm happy with those masters 100%, I put it onto my distributor. And as soon as that appears on Spotify, I'm going to shoot out my first email. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that, it's just telling the list, telling the list, telling the list, telling the socials, telling the socials, telling the socials. Yeah, and then we'll do it in a couple different ways. Sure. Um, so then after that campaign, the, as basically that campaign ends with the singles out. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to give that about a week to breathe. That's all that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's it. 100% of our communication for that week is the singles out. You should go listen to it. Yeah. We're going to focus on Spotify. Yeah. Not because I think Spotify so great. Just because we're picking one. Everybody, we don't, like I said, we're not doing a link tree. You know, I don't want you to be able to go wherever. I want you specifically to go to Spotify. Yeah. Uh, so after that week's done, we're going to open up the album presale. And this is where my focus really goes. Like I'm not emailing every other day for the Spotify pre-save. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want them to do it, but now starts my real, I'll probably email every day for three, four days in a row when the album presale opens. And that's where I'll probably start really making my phone calls too. And, and everything is going to turn every single button on every web page and social. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every fucking email, the PS on my personal email, everything is album presale. And the and album gonna, presale is a two month campaign. That's a two month campaign. Uh, right now it's going to be on Shopify. Uh, that's where we did the last four. Uh, we'll do some upselling with that of our back catalog for the most part, mm-hmm. maybe a matching poster, but we'll see what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, that's the number where I want to see it get past a thousand and then past 2000. Hopefully. And I'm going to do some self promotion here. Cause I'm, I'm annoyed that you're still using Shopify, but I understand why you are because you know, you've been with them for a long time. You've got so much set up there, but all of this can be done in tune pipe. And I'm just such a fan of it that I, I don't want to leave that dangling I used out it there today for the first time. And just getting my products up was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I do have 109. I discounted products in Shopify. So it's not a small task. Yeah, for me to no, fully definitely. Go over. And I only say it because people are going to hear that. Well, he said Shopify, so I better use Shopify and I'm going to be pushing the hell out of TunePipe for a while and not. Yes, because it's a business that I own, but but I sincerely, no, I ser- sincerely believe in this platform over the others. I think you'll save money. I think you'll see better results. Definitely and if you money. and if you were starting from scratch, I'd be I'd be twisting your arm to use it. So, oh, we anyway. would have to. I would, it would be so I was just going to say if we if we had one album, it would be so much easier to switch. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, but you will be building your funnel and I hope to make sales in TunePipe and then have to figure out how to chart those sales. Yeah. Because my free CD funnel is my first four way into TunePipe. Totally. And that's not in this schedule. I'm just going to build that as soon as possible. Totally. And then add the pre sale to it as soon as pre sale opens. So, we opened our album pre sale in month three. And then just after that album presale opens a couple days later is our AAA and it's it's industry term. It's our radio impact date. Mm -hmm. And that's the date that like our promoter will tell radio stations, here's the day where we want to, where we're going for ads, um, which is like a big radio term. So we're going to try to get radio stations to play that song, which is how happens to be called Outside Spectrum, the name of the album. And then after, at the end of this month, um, We'll, 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 or sometime in this month, I have it at the end of this month, we'll yeah. upload the entire album to a distributor. And when so you say this month, you mean the month that you're currently working in, which in your case is June. I'm but sorry, this, this is yeah. June, but I was talking about that it'll be the third month third of month. this campaign. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we'll go into the fourth month of the campaign and we'll just take a breath for a moment 
to do some Spotify pre-save campaign for the album. Totally. I want to do some, but I'm really going to have to bounce because what I really, you know, I really want to sell pre-orders. Totally. So it's like, it's going to be painful, honestly painful for me to like stop. It is really hard to do that to when you've got two objectives that clash with each other. It's really, that's how you're even going to do that. Like to switch message like that. I don't know. It's on my list. I would so much rather go for pre-orders and just fuck it. So maybe we will. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, we'll do, uh, we'll go to Boulder, Colorado among our touring and do the AAA conference showcase performance. No one is going to buy that album. If, if you're telling them to go and pre-save it, they're going to go, I've already pre-saved it. So why am I listening to his messages that he's now sending to go buy the album? Just, just cross that out. Honestly, anyway, go on. All right. You got to cross out. See, (laughs) this is why we did this. This is great. So much extra value for me. Cool. 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 Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Okay, we'll do our we'll do our our showcase. We'll have already been promoting to radio. Our radio promoters are going to be there. I'm very excited. Um, you know who's the keynote speaker is Steve Earle. Oh, I love Steve Earle. That's awesome. That's great. Okay, and you know who else is performing? Kiefer Sutherland. He has a band. <laughs> I've, I've heard like, that he had a band. Yeah, he's performing. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. It's going to be hilarious. Okay, right. right after that, on the 12th of August, so a week later, we will release the album. Um, that goes with obviously every step of this is mm-hmm. important to them. Radio, PR, but of course, email's going to go out. I'll probably have a bunch of that programmed. Phone calls, the whole bit. A couple days later, we'll do a VIP release party. And it's actually slash studio open house. I, I painted all day today. My body is so sore, man. I <laughs> fell a couple days ago painting. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but our studio, we, we've been redoing this, our studio by hand. And we're going to have like a cookout uh, members and select industry invites to our Chicago studio. That'll be like our first release party. And we're going to broadcast it also to our VIP group. And then just a couple days after that, we got two release parties on the books. One in Michigan, which is like an hour away from my house. It's uh, just sort of a, a theater that we love and loves us. And then we'll do a Chicago CD release party on the 20th of August. Got it. All right. And, and again, contrary to what a lot of people expect, who are coming from traditional channels is that ironically the album release date sort of it doesn't end your marketing but it ends the main campaign the the main campaign sort of ends with the beginning of the technical beginning of the release yeah isn't that weird do you think mm. that's weird that's how that's how it makes sense to me it, it is how it makes sense but it also feels weird um it's especially it, yeah the, the album's out we're done <laughs> you know as opposed right. to as opposed to how most people go the album's out and it's time to start um but but uh, but yeah no it is it is weird and then what will you do because that becomes a big question so you've done the crux of the work the results are in hopefully and I'm pretty confident you you will have landed a number of Billboard chart positions but now what do you do with this album so really interesting um, if assuming we do land some good Billboard chart positions and assuming we get some radio airplay like it's not a big disaster. We our tour dates stay. We are going to the UK for the whole month of October. We yep. have a lot of other great looking tour dates. And assuming our PR agent, their main goal, among other things, is to get two as strong as they can exclusive premieres. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully one's in American Songwriter and another's in, I don't know, Pitchfork or yeah. whatever. It, yeah. I don't know how big it can be. Um, I would love we we keep our team for a little bit after this. Mm-hmm. I would obviously I'll keep pitching the album to our list and keep growing the list but i would we'll have a moment in in september before we leave 
to pitch to some national stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if if all, you know, that's like when all guns are firing. So like, if we're ever going to be on like late night TV or something, mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll have to combine all of that into a pitch that fall. Right, right. And then we do have a done Christmas song, and I have my PR staying mm-hmm. to try to do another premiere. It'll be digital only release, right. so that'll sort of be our follow up as an original Christmas tune. Hopefully, we build a big list and and can create you know continue to make people happy yeah so and and what do you do in terms of your advertising do you shift to a free for shipping and handling campaign for with this new album in preparation for another no, album a year later no, what do you how do you what do you my my free cd campaign is a its own unique album got it got it so you're always working never the same changed. album and never changes so it's a it's a sampler it's it's a the combination of three albums and it actually the packaging uh you put a sticker on the packaging, mm-hmm. so there's no envelope, and you just send it right. as is. Right, and you open it, and it sells the next those three albums that right. are that are sampled. You got a you got a little sales pitch in there. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, so, like we're really committed. That's how committed we are to the free CD thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so, but but in terms of keeping sales coming in for this album, obviously touring, but also and and you know there'll be that radio and publicity out there that might drive a few sales. But but what you'll- I'll convert the pre-order when it when it comes out, I'll convert the pre-order upsell just to the album upsell, right? And then I'll start adding the proof that we accumulate through the release to some to those funnels mm-hmm. to both the the and then I'll make. So basically, like, the, while the, the new CD won't become the center of the free CD, it'll become an upsell, it'll become the ending, the new ending. I try to make our most recent CD the ending of our deep sale funnel. Right, right. Got it, got it. Which some people who are new to this stuff are going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> but, but you people that know about building funnels and what we're talking about, I think your minds are like just like your neurons are firing because there's so much awesome stuff in here. Um, and then presumably over the course of the next year, you'll run some standalone promotions like, hey, have you picked up this album yet? You know, that kind of a thing where you get some nice big spikes. Probably as well at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Sure, and sure. then we've done pretty well doing a one or two year anniversary, maybe 500 copies on a vinyl. Right. Nice. Like that. Pull it off. Like that. And then that sells some CDs as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of people want both or whatever. And usually if when we sell a vinyl, um, we, we can move a few hundred of them. Right. So and that's always worth it because then you have some vinyl to sell left over to sell it at, at shows. And it, it's so expensive that you really need to sell some faster. You're, you're down money. I was just thinking about doing a vinyl pressing of something. I know what they cost to make. What what is the going price for vinyl in the U.S. these days? I've been I've been out of the country. We charge for so twenty five bucks. Um, sometimes people charge thirty thirty five. And right now, all the the wait times from the companies is like, oh yeah, it's forty weeks. Right. It's like That's what? crazy. Oh, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Forty weeks. Um. All right. Well, I think that covers it um is there anything else that we need to sort of make sure that we state or is that a pretty clear it sounds pretty damn thorough to me is that a a lot to do i think we should do another podcast sometimes on the all-important hooks Mm, yes maybe our hooks is so important i know which i'm going to take this album and i'm taking almost all the tracks and every story i can think of and i'm going to come up with multiple hooks yeah and that's going to inform my emails my social media my paid advertising all my messaging yeah i think that could be even maybe the next one that is so great i have had that on my list for six months as a as a podcast 
uh, I have a, like a ideas list, you know, uh, for future episodes and hooks has been so key. Um, we talk, I, I talk about this in a less concentrated way and some of my stuff where I focus a lot on the unique selling proposition and how that, how from the unique selling proposition, once we can crystallize that single sentence about what is valuable about what you're selling, that informs all of those hooks, we, you know, they become it, it, very clear, you know, well, this is what we're selling. This is why people are going to care. And now yeah. all we need to do is articulate, you know, uh, these hooks that get people to ultimately pay attention and click and start, start conversations. But, but I haven't done a dedicated training on it. So I, I think that would be really, really fantastic. Um, so yes, that sounds like a, a plan. We'll figure that out later, but maybe that's the cool. next, the next episode. We also got to challenge ourselves to getting episodes done in less than an hour. I don't think we've ever done anything in less than an hour and a half. We can do it. We Pretty do sure it. we've got a two and a half hour episode out there somewhere <laughs> from the past. Um, but okay, well, thank you, Josh. This is great. And as I say, I'm going to take all of this and distill it into a couple of page PDF uh, that I'm going to share in a, it'll be a very brief little video lesson that goes along with it, uh, to just kind of walk you through it. But basically, uh, we're going to have a, a PDF music mark or, or album release blueprint or album release schedule. I haven't decided what I'll call it yet, but that'll be a lesson in the insider circle. And if you're listening to this podcast, then it's already up. So go and sign up for the uh, insider circle. If you're interested, again, it's a private mastermind group. Uh, you can find it by going to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash insider circle, or just go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and click on products and services either way. Um, and it's a private mastermind group where people uh, or for people who want to take their marketing to the next level. It's a really cool community. It's been around for about 11 years now. And believe it or not, I still have members that signed up in the very first month, 11 years ago, still members of the Insider Circle. Ooh, not, not, awesome. not a ton of them at this stage, but but a handful and a lot of people that have been around for many years because it's just a cool community. There's nothing like it. It's sort of devoid of hype. It's it, once a week we get together for live coaching calls where we can chat about whatever you know is on your mind, music marketing related. Uh, where there's a forum, there are monthly lessons, and I'm really excited. I've always wanted it to be a little fuller with case studies than it has been. It's been a little more tutorials, but with with you on board, as aggressive as you are out there always, you know, releasing albums and doing the things that you do, we're going to turn so much of what we discuss in the upcoming lessons into real world case studies where we share the results and just show you yeah, some vis visuals. That's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting it is. Because I think we could take a lot of what we talked about today, turn them into more detailed podcasts, and turn that into results absolutely, as well. So absolutely. It's very cool. It's going to be really cool. So check it out, uh, musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash Insider Circle. And as always, if you want to check out uh, The Empty Pockets, which is Josh's band, and, you know, go along for the ride with them. And I would I would urge you to pick up the album, you know, to show your support as a thank you for all of this amazing information that Josh is sharing with us. Um, you know, go to uh, TheEmptyPockets.com. You can sign up there. You can buy some music. Um, tell, you know, if tell Josh if you're there. Do you have a little, like, how'd you hear about us field or anything like that in your orders? I don't think we do, but we do get emails and and uh, we do get emails, emails all the time. So many emails a day. So please yeah. uh, get in please touch with them. Let them know that you you appreciated the episode if you did. All right. Well, I think that's us. Thank you so much, Josh. Thanks, man. Great talking to you. Uh, as always. All right. Take care. 
All right. So once again, that was Josh Solomon from the Empty Pockets. Thank you, Josh, uh, for for taking that time out of your day to share that very valuable information, that record release schedule. I I, I thought that was freaking fantastic. Um, and as I've already said a number of times, if you'd like to get a copy of that schedule in a sort of printable uh, distilled PDF uh, format, then uh, sign up for the Insider Circle. Or if you're a member, sign in. And if you're listening to this, that means it's live. You can you can get it there now under the monthly training modules uh, section or monthly training lessons module. There we go. Uh, all right, that's it for us today. Thank you so much uh, for listening. And uh, as always, if you'd like to learn more uh, music marketing tips like those discussed on the show, head on over to Music Marketing Manifesto. Com. Thanks for listening and take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.